Hello and welcome to the We Are Birmingham podcast. I'm Chris Golding. I'm Matthew Elliott. And we're really unprepared tonight. This was spur of the moment that we were going to go live um, because of my crappy internet. Um, trying to fit we're cables. All, we're always in. unprepared, to be fair. We're always unprepared. It never that's, goes that, smoothly. That, that's a very good point. And we always sound <laughs> like we're half asleep. It's yeah, exactly. So in really we kind of mirror the Birmingham City football team, don't we? Yeah. Half asleep, yeah. never prepared. And as you'll probably notice if you are watching the stream as well, there's uh currently the um last week's image on there because I haven't got round to updating it, so I'm gonna have to yeah. apologise for any background noise you might hear because Someone was running the, running the bath up, <laughs> upstairs, and and the cat, the the pipes are doing something incredible at the moment. So, yeah, excited. We're only two days away from the restart of our season. It's coming back. I wonder if goal it line is. technology will work for us. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? you that was a gar- yesterday, guarantee. It? If we're in the same situation as that, it's given against us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or we 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 choose to let the opposition walk the ball into into the net or something because well, you know we're we're just, we're just upstanding citizens, aren't we? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, I thought Dean Smith was supposed to have morals and whatever else, and and apparently fair play only goes if, if it's in their favour. So you'd have to say like, would if they were mid-table, would he had a different stance on that? Not saying it's right or wrong, by the way, but. Do you know what I'm saying? If they were probably 12 and safe from relegation, would maybe they have walked the ball into the net or something along those lines? No. I don't know. But what no. are we talking about them for anyway? This is a Birmingham City podcast, so let's uh, put them, let's send them to Cornea and, yeah. Yeah. and crack on. Do you want the air? Ay, 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 send them to Cornea. So go and get a tan, Dean Smith, uh, <laughs> and come back when you're ready to get relegated, mate. So, uh, I guess... Oh, do you yeah. want to go? Oh, sorry, you go. No, you go. You go. It's fine. <laughs> I, I guess that still the the uh, uh, the conversation at the moment at Blues is all around the next manager. Um, it, we have, it, doesn't, it hasn't moved anywhere. There's obviously been a few different... Managers in the betting, a uh, few stories out in the open. Um, Nigel Clough um, and Lee Bowyer both have been uh, brought up in the in the media recently around um, them being potential candidates. As far as I'm aware, uh, the Nigel Clough talks were, as it said, they said preliminary on um, Sky. I don't think they've gone any further, and they will go any further. I think that's that's it over and done with now. Of course, things do change when you get down to the bottom of that list. But so, um, the, certainly the noise um, was coming from wasn't coming from out of blues. Is probably the easiest way to to phrase that. I think. Yeah. So there's been uh, the, the, in the last few days, but there's been a lot of noise coming out, hasn't there? There's well. If you listen to the bookies, anyway, um, there's obviously Robbie Fowler as well. That's added a, to the a, list that's a bizarre the one. <laughs> so, it, was there something about his agent or 
rep. Uh, he shares, yeah, I mean, he shares an agent with, or he's under the same agency, um, rap management, as Harry Redknapp. Now, I, I don't think the current Blues board are big fans of Harry Redknapp, so whether they'd want to go down that route again, I, I, I very much doubt it. It's such a bizarre one as well. It came, came from out of nowhere, but as I said to someone last night, someone was asking me about it, that, all it takes is one person to take a flyer on Robbie Fowler. He tells five mates. One of his mates does the same thing. He tells five mates. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you end up with about 10 people putting 10 or 20 quid on Robbie Fowler. And suddenly he just and he goes up in the bed. Quite, it doesn't take a lot of money for them to change um, from being in nowhere to being in the sort of top five or six. It doesn't take a lot. And um, I think we need to the Robbie Fowler thing was mental there's so many people talking about it on Twitter last night that makes it worse as well because obviously people start thinking well there must be someone in this they start it, putting that on it's happening yeah it's not happening no, someone not. said oh he's a big name is it well not I mean he was a big name as a player but Perlo you know, is yeah. the other one that was uh, added in there as well yeah there's been some um, Cannavaro appeared after, to, uh, the, the day after our podcast on the, on the betting yeah. as well which, yeah. was, which was quite funny um, yeah. Lee Bowie has been in and around those top three for the past, uh, well, since pretty much day dot of, of Pep saying he was going. I don't doubt that Blues have some interest in bringing him back. Whether or not um, I think that's the right thing to do, I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on that. But the noise, again, not coming out of Blues. That noise is coming from his side, his agent, Stoke in front of sort of fire things up a bit in the media. Maybe Bowie wants to move. Maybe Bowie wants to come back. That's what agents are there yeah. to kind of kind of do. But of course, so, there's a, there's every possibility that they get relegated as well this season. Yeah. So if he could, uh, if he can tie something up before that happens, then it might be in his interest because he hasn't got the relegation to to worry about on the card. Then as no. he's uh, potentially again, there's the, the release clauses that we'd have to pay. And, quite large contract I think he's on there larger than I think most people think yeah um obviously Alan Nixon's mentioned that Hooten and Jukanovic seem to be two of the main players the stuff on Jukanovic has gone quiet he's still saying Hooten it was said before not um I've heard so I'm going to go back a little bit and say this I spoke to someone last weekend who believes that he thinks Hooten is interested in coming back but the I've also spoke to people that say that he wouldn't come back under these circumstances. So I think it might be the same message as, yes, he probably does want to come back at some point, but not under the current ownership or under the current way they're running the club. Things would have to change significantly. But that said, the longer this goes on, he ends up being the next Alan Kerbishley and he's out of, he'll be out of a job for so long that no one will ever want to take him again. So what about- at what point does he say, I need to get back in? Well, yeah, there is that. What about Alan Kirbishley? What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> He's been, been out of the game for about I, I don't 12 years wants, or so. I don't he? think he wants to manage Birmingham now, does but he? Birmingham. Birmingham. So, um, Dan Ivory came up with a good one in his, one of his articles um, earlier in the week around Guique uh, Flores, who kind of escaped me. He's not even in the betting at the moment, as far as I can see. But so many things to factor in with him. Obviously, he has... Um, experience with the English leagues, he's had promotions, he's he's well, I think he's won cups, he's managed in China. A few things there I think I mean he might be in another expensive option. he was at Watford wasn't he recently, lasted yeah. about ten games and then got fired before they brought Nigel Pearson in. So 
yeah, there's the this obviously I still think it's going to be a month before we probably find out who the next manager is, and I don't mind them taking their time. Um, rumors well, they, are they've all got. They've, Sorry, they've got time, haven't they? That's the the key point is they, that they have per, got they've time. They've got perfect amount of time, yeah. And you know, and, and if they do bring someone in before the end of the season, you, that person then can has got to not bring them in to manage. But obviously, we've got Pep to end of the season. Um, they've got time to analyse the squad in those last few games yeah. and have an idea of what they're working with before moving into, into next season. Um, of course, one of the issues there is you know, say they get time to analyse the squad, but are they going to get control over who they get to bring in? So, I mean, key thing for me with this new manager is we just, I think we need some, we, we've, we've gained some stability this season, despite the fact that it's been a bit, a bit of a weird one. Um, promoting youth and then obviously we've got players there that promoting me then promote we can promote you well you've got some coaching badges haven't you Chris <laughs> yeah. but, but mate the further they get down that list the closer you are to getting the job so <laughs> hang in tight there but stick my name in the hat <laughs> will you still do the podcast though please well they might not well, let you Tats yeah. won't let you are they no, it might be tricky <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> it, it, it definitely would be tricky so yeah, I, mean, I don't think that unless something happens whilst we're on the uh, on the podcast tonight, which will be just our luck, um, I think we're still going to be waiting another, I don't know, four weeks probably before we see anything significant happening. Might be wrong, but they've, so, they've all. Uh, I was going to say, so who's the who, who's the favourite as it stands at the moment because it's constantly changing? Who, or who was it last time that you was it Bowyer again? I'm going to check. Um, so it went to Robbie Fowler, didn't it last night? Yeah, I did very. So I think last time I checked, I think it was Hooton. So Hooton, 7 to 4. Uh, Nigel Clough, 2 to 1. Robbie Fowler, 4 to 1. Lee Bowyer, 6 to 1. Um, Yukanovich, 12 to 1. Neil Stretchy Head Warnock at 14 to 1. Uh, and then there's a. There's a there's Tim Stretchy Oh, Stretchy Head, yeah. So um, I, that was a. I found a really good gift for, for Neil Warnock that I will use if he gets the job. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, Tim Walter, German manager uh, at the moment, but I, I think he's due to go to Hoffenheim. Uh, a chap from Holland, I believe, Hoob Stevens, has appeared from nowhere this afternoon at 18 to 1. And then we've got the dream team, Lee Carsley and Craig Gardner at 18 and 20 to 1. That's happening, so, you know. That's, ultimately, that's happening. Yeah, they are Gardner, just below you on the list if you say no, I think. <laughs> They're below me on the list. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, oh. yeah. I think you've got more coaching badges than Craig, so you know, you know you've got a chance. It's a bit harsh, chance. Isn't it? So, <laughs> as as, as things stand, you, you said the other week you went with. Uh, I can't remember. You went with who did you say? I think my it? personal choice was I like my yeah, but yeah. I was clouded by the fact that I loved him as a player, <laughs> and, and I think because that is it's every chance of being Zola two point and I've said that to everyone that I speak to. Um, who who would I really want probably if I wanted to go back I'd, I'm not a fan of going back to managers but obviously I would like Chris Hooten but I don't think it's I don't think that will happen who do I think would be a sensible one um, in terms of style of play um, continuum of Pep's done um, and so I'm sort of trying to just build on that I quite like the idea of uh, Aitor Karanka but as we've said before yeah, and we know as we said last week <laughs> yeah 
Um, that didn't go when he went through the interview process last time, and he was the job was his. I think it was the one Cottrell got it. He ended up saying no um, because of the dysfunction behind the scenes at, at the club. Yeah. But I, for me, that makes the most sense. But I don't imagine that there would be any love lost between those two parties. So, well, it's I, I look at the list, and I don't know how you feel, but. I mean, Jukanovic would be great, expensive. It's not realistic. But not realistic, but also, like, the longevity. You kind of, you need to find this balance. And Dan, Daniel, you know that You know that we're talking about Blues, don't you? Yes. And this is a problem. Like, I want to find some, I want some stability at the club, but I also want us to try and have a go for it. Like, those two things don't don't need to be mutually exclusive. You kind of want someone that's going to build something. I know months it's stressing back, me out, month, Chris. Month, it's stressing months, me out. Months back when we spoke about Pep and we were saying, oh, is he up, is he up to the job and whatever. It was the, very early on, I think, in the season and then we were yeah. talking about him. And I think ultimately, we we said at the time, ultimately, whoever's in charge, if Pep gets the sack, Dung's still there. Yeah. And whoever comes in, Dung's still there. So regardless of what goes on, I think ultimately there's still going to be issues there. And yeah. that's the problem, unless they've learned from these things. I mean, and at which, yeah, you know, but with like, the talk that's coming out where the manager hasn't got any control over signings, which if we're looking at new players already, then you've got to think that probably is the case. It ties in with that. Yeah. Then it's not going to appeal to people, and they don't seem to have learned lessons for me. No, um, and you're right. Um, and the, you know, the manager not choosing the signings is not completely like it's not alien to to football in general it's not alien to English football these days and it's just it's the problem is who you've got picking those players yeah if you've got a director of football sporting director if you've got someone like I can I mean I can we, we've had jokes about Christian Sweetman but I completely trust anything that I mean he's got a wealth of knowledge in the game yeah think he can spot a player uh you know as long as he has you know the majority of control over the players are coming in. I, I still think that's my big problem with it, though, ultimately, is that the manager is the one that has to use those players. So for me, the manager needs to have the final say. And if we, we're looking yeah, at players so at the bit, moment where we haven't got a manager, so yeah, it's like come in and work that, again, not to. I mean that. I mean that has happened before. Yeah. Um, well, we, we were saying we were talking a bit the other day, weren't we, about the the, the crossover between. Yeah, McLeish and Hooton, where I think Morgaro Gomez signed for us in that uh, in that gap between the two the two managers. I mean, there's a good chance that that deal could have been agreed prior to um, McLeish leaving. Yeah, uh, but I think yeah, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right, and a bit like the you gotta stop saying that. You'll go to my head. This, yeah, <laughs> this the, you will be getting a job soon, mate. It's good. The Scott Hogan thing, where um, they where the they brought him a list of strikers that they thought they could get, and he picked Scott Hogan. Like that, for me, you know, is is part of the process. Like if you get, you're going to give your manager some form of um, control over sort of, sorts of players. They need to they need to identify the players they need. And bloody hell, do we need to we need a lot of players for the new season? So there needs to be some input from from all parties. You're absolutely right. Um, Thanks. Again. But I don't. But I don't. I've got to. I have got to stop saying that. But I've. Um, 
but do I have confidence in the fact that that's going to happen? I'm not 100% sure. No. Um, if they want to get a good manager in, they need to change the way they do things because the more time goes on with you know, like managers in and out and the stories that come out uh, and into the media about the dysfunction line the club, these names, managers, are not going to want to join a club that's in that's basically a circus. So they need to make some moves in the direction of just trying to sort their shit out, basically. Yeah. Right, moving on. We're going to play a tune now. After the song, we've got uh, Ben from Blues Breakdown joining us. So enjoy this, and we'll be back soon. Welcome back to the We Are Birmingham podcast. We are now joined by uh, Ben. Put me off now. Uh, ben from uh, Blues Breakdown Twitter account, one of the uh, better faceless Blues Twitter accounts. You'll notice there's quite a lot of um, uh, childish 
people on Twitter with those types of accounts. This is not one of them. It's one of the, one of the most interesting and enjoyable accounts, I think. Personally, I, I enjoy quite a lot of the data that he puts out there. And uh, so we, we thought we brought him on. Might be, um, might be a more regular slot as we get into uh, the end of the season and we have more... Um, new player signing for us, if so welcome, Ben. He might not want to. We're making him do it for us, all right? <laughs> uh, thank you very much, gents. Yeah, pleasure yeah. to be on, and oh, that's uh, quite an introduction there. <laughs> there you go. So this week we have uh, got the news that Lee Camp had signed a short-term contract to the 23rd of July. Um, as we mentioned before, we're not 100 percent sure whether you can fancy stay on with Blues. I think this is an indicator to suggest that he's. After this season, he's probably he's probably leaving for whatever reason. And we've also been linked with QPR goalkeeper Senny Dieng, who's been on loan at Doncaster this season, who, by all accounts, um, reading some of the reports on him, reviews, um, some scouting reports, he looks to be an upgrade and a pretty good keeper. So we thought we'd get you on, have, have a chat about him, and then talk about squad depth as well. So your thoughts on... On Senny and the camp comparison, and let you take yeah. the stage. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. You know, the, the the announcement from Blues that you know Lee Camp's going to stay on um, until the end of the season, with no sort of mention about what's going on after that, and with the kind of general um, kind of goings from the club in the goalkeeping department. Um, obviously, David Stockdale leaving, and the the younger keepers leaving. It's certainly an area that you know I'd expect Blues to be be targeting over the uh, over the summer months um yeah as you say you know he's um been on loan at Doncaster this year um had a pretty good season um he's a, he's at an age now where he probably wants to be playing regular first team football uh, probably not going to get that at, at QPR so um yeah you know I think it's it's positive that you know we're we're looking in the right areas and there's noises coming out of out of the club in terms of looking at these these positions that we know we need to strengthen. Yeah, so, so I mean, we I spoke to um, someone about Senny earlier on the week at QPR. A lot of their, there's a lot of there's a group of their fans. Who, I think there's quite a lot of their fans who rate him quite highly and want to bring him back. Obviously, he plays out from the back quite nicely. Um, Darren Moore's been doing that with, with Doncaster, and we'll get into his past completions. I think it's quite high, but um, he's supposed to be sitting down with. Um, I think he said. Warnock then it's Warburton at uh, QPR um, I, I guess when the championship season's end to find out sort of where he stands he's obviously got one year left he as you quite rightly said Ben he's what 25 years old he's at the age where you know he wants first team football and whether or not who said number one Liam Kelly is at QPR yeah yeah um, I'm, I mean I don't know too much about him you might be able to tell us more about him so is 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 has Gang got the capability to oust Kelly from that number one spot? Do you think? Or I'm, difficult to say. I think you know Liam Kelly's come down from I think it was Livingston up in Scotland. Um, you know he was he had a couple of good seasons up there and he was quite highly rated. Um, so yeah, it, it's difficult because like I say, he's at that age where you know he he, he probably wants to almost be guaranteed. Guaranteed first team football. Um, you touched on there. You know, his, he likes to play. You know, Darren Moore size likes to play out from the back. Um, you look at his, his short passing. He's playing sort of averaging around fifteen short passes a game at ninety eight percent. You compare that to, to Lee Camp, who's playing about four. Um, 
and his his long range passing. He's he's playing much less than uh, than Camp because he's not playing up to Duke up top, um, say, and, yeah. and doing it more accurately as well. Um, so I think the interesting thing for me, if you know, if this is some of the that we are serious about, um, he's a very similar age to to Colonel Truman. Um, I would imagine that you know, if this was something that was a that that came to fruition, it would be one of those statements from the club where we have a, you know, he's come in to to challenge for the the first team spot, and I don't think there'd be any guaranteed sort of um, guarantees to either of them about who would be the number one. So, yeah, might I might mean, take some convincing there. Mike, I know I don't know. I think I don't know if Chris agrees with this, but with the, the Connell Truman thing is that I mean he will he'll make a. a He'll make a career in the game. He signed a three-year deal, didn't he, last last summer? I think. Um, so he, for me, Conor Truman just ends up being the next Colin Doyle, yeah. uh, where you know he Stuart ends up being Taylor. a number two for a, a very, very long time, uh, potentially at Blues. He might go out on loan a few times, but I don't see him as a, a number one. I'm glad we gave him that chance when uh, Camp went through his his. Very bad spell compared it, to a it, it's pretty bad spell. It's sometimes with a keeper, though, that they, they, they're they quite happy to... Sometimes they're just quite happy to sit there and they'll be the backup and they'll they'll take yeah. it. But then you get the odd keeper. So, obviously, uh, Dieng sort of made noises that he wants to be playing first-team football. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's honourable in a way that you actually... You're not happy just sat there. You want to push your career forward and you want to have a go um, rather than just sit there and, and fair play to him for, for sort of making those he's been all over the place push. hasn't he I yeah. mean I think he's it's been Scotland and then Scotland Stevenage he played some non-league played over in I think he played over in Germany and um, Switzerland is he classed as Swiss because I know someone said he was like Senegalese descent as well I, but yeah, I think he's one of these sort of dual nationalities. I think he was yeah. Swiss-born, but with Senegalese heritage. So, talk about talk, tell us about sort of how he stacks up against. I know, obviously, we're talking League One and we're talking Championship, but you know, sort of how how do they stack up against each other in terms of statistically? Some people have seen this on Twitter, but obviously, a lot of you guys won't have seen some of Ben's work. So, break some of that down for us. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, so for those of you that haven't seen the graphic or, or don't follow the account on Twitter, it's uh, at Blues underscore Breakdown. Just plug that one in there uh, nice straight follow away. It. Follow it. Follow it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the comparison between the two is uh, quite interesting. Like you say, it's League One compared to Championship. You know, they've played very, very similar number of minutes this year, um, just over two and a half thousand. Um, Camp currently conceding just over a goal. Um, every 90 minutes, 1.16. Uh, Dieng on just under a goal every 90 minutes at 0.89. Um, for those of you that sort of know about expected goals and the predicted models and things, Camp's pretty much hitting his um, expected goals conceded. So uh, 1.15 every 90 minutes. And actually looking at his Blues career, I think he's conceded 95 goals. Um, in his time at Blues, and his expected goals conceded is about ninety-five point one. So he's essentially a very, very average Championship keeper. Um, Where does the uh, expected goals thing come from? What does that? 
what's that, is that based on his the average of whatever from before or so they it's essentially a, a, a metric that was created a couple of years ago um or sort of within the last few years and it it looks at um position on the pitch um sort of time in the game defensive structures etc and then uh it takes all the data from a number of years and essentially you know if you score if you were to score one every every 10 then you've got a uh, it's a 10 percent chance of of scoring from that position okay. at that time of the game and you then get a, a 0.1 so you know if you're two yards out with an open goal your expected goals is going to be closer to one than zero if you're taking pot shots like uh, craig gardner from the halfway line then uh, your expected goals is going to be closer to zero <laughs> Um, so yeah, essentially for a keeper or for a striker, if you're, you know, if you're above or below your expected goals, if you're a striker um, and you're you're going above your expected goals, then it's likely that your the finishing is is your finishing ability is pretty decent. And as a keeper, if you're, um, you know, if you're outperforming your expected goals, so you're you're conceding less than what it says, then you've probably got pretty decent shot stopping abilities. So yeah, um, Sandy Dieng this season is, is just below his, his expected goals conceded. So yeah, pretty decent shot stopping ability. Um, makes two and a half saves a game, um, 73% save percentage compared to Camp 68. So um, yeah, I mean, everything suggests that he he could be a very good sign again, you know, having seen a, a bit on Twitter and, and of, Doncaster fans and QPR fans, you know, they, they do rate him quite highly and certainly think that he could make the step up to uh, championship level. I know there was a uh, scouting report in one of the papers around him as well that mentioned him that he, his, the next logical step is to play in the championship, but again, they weren't sure whether it would be um, the QPR. One of the things I'm quite keen on, and, and um, I've heard, and I think I've read something in the Birmingham Mail, again, I think it was a Darren Moore interview around his um, Jeng's. Um, commanding of the box, he come. He he's quite confident we're coming out to claim the ball, even when the ball is maybe sort of ten, fifteen yards out. He'll come and claim that ball. Whereas I think a lot of goalkeepers won't do that, and when they do, um, you know, I'm not not pointing any fingers at you, Mister Camp, but um, they don't <laughs> necessarily catch the ball. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I noticed. Is there any stats on that at all? Or <laughs> I noticed on his Instagram that. Uh, he had a few photos on there of and videos and stuff of him coming out and sort of leaping over everyone and saying, oh, "I love this!" <laughs> like yoink. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no. I don't know whether we had had any. Is there any stats around sort of the commanding of the area and sort of balls won from crosses or you know long long balls into the box and stuff like that? I don't know. That's a, that's a very good question. I've not... <laughs> Frankly. Just <laughs> <laughs> out to dry, sorry. <laughs> um, it's not... It's, it's not you, you can come back and, and tell us at a later date, but yeah. I'm, no, I'm just interested it, because obviously Camp has created opportunities as the opposition by doing that a few times. So. Um, yeah, no, I've, I can't say I've got, I've got anything to hand, but... Um, yeah, fair, you know, I was, I was, I was more sorry. about the passing side of things, didn't I? Rather than the, the command of his yeah. box. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm surprised to see that, that Lee Camp is is six foot. I mean, I think that's possibly possibly generous there. Yeah. Um, you know, with but his, yes, Sandy Dieng at, at, at six foot three, he's probably got a bit he more height. So yeah, probably does have half that. half at Sunderland. So I'm confused <laughs> by what's happened to him. Like, what, what's in the water in Birmingham? He's got corks for studs. Got to be some, isn't there? Got to be something. 
Um, but yeah, I think you know it's certainly yeah he looks Senny Dieng looks much more confident um, on the ball um, with the ball at his feet and bringing it out and, and having it in possession. Although I, I did send a, uh, a clip to Chris the other day, it was probably yeah. not his finest moment. So well, uh, maybe I won't tweet that one out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> of where that it was poor, really poor back pass to be fair. But uh, yeah, he made a little bit of a meal of it in his box, and it was a, an easy finish. Yeah, did they? They what was um who was that against? Do you, do you... Oh, that's was it? It might have been, might have been Bolton actually. Yeah, it was Bolton. Yeah, because did then they went on Doncaster went on to win that game, and he played his part in the winning goal. I think there's a again the same Darren Moore interview um, that I mentioned uh, the other day. Um, the other day that I read, it mentioned there about him making that mistake but not letting his head drop and actually played a part in their, in their, in their winner later on in the game. I think it went on, ended up winning 2-1 in the end. So that's a, um, I think that's what maybe like a, a obviously mentality or skill set thing in itself. If you're going to play out from the back, you're going to make those mistakes, aren't you? I think you have to be prepared to just accept that that will happen every now and then. We've seen it from Alisson and uh, Edison in the Premier League making mistakes by trying to play out from the back and if that's what you're going to do, I think you've got to accept that those things will happen every now and then. Yeah, definitely. What you yeah. don't expect goalkeepers to do is drop the ball on a line and let someone tap it in, which, you know, <laughs> that happens quite regularly. So, well, maybe not so much in the recently, or the, sort of the last few games. But... Yeah. So I, I interrupted then and, and we sort of went off topic, but you were going through the stats. Um, you, so then we've got the, I think you've got down to the shots, shots against... Yeah, so um, pretty pretty similar for the, the two of them. Um, Dieng facing 3.3 shots uh, per 90 and Camp at 3.4. Um, but Dieng making more saves, 2.4 compared to 2.2. That's where you get the, the better save percentage, yeah. um, 73 compared to, to 68 for the Lee Camp. So, yeah, no, I think the in terms of shots, shot-stopping ability, yeah, you know, you're talking you, Couple of goal, you know, a few goals a season easily, um, you know, purely through just shot stopping ability. The ones that go through his hands. Yeah. <laughs> again, no. Again, you asked the other day any stats for howlers, and no, couldn't find, uh, couldn't find that. anything for that. <laughs> um, and then it was then, the, the passing. And then, was it? yeah, and then down to the passing, like you say. I mean, and this is always really difficult because obviously different different clubs have have different styles of of playing, and you know. The players tend to adapt to that, um, and uh, Doncaster probably a little bit more possession orientated than than Blues have been this season. Um, but I think you know, looking at yeah, looking at the long passes, six six long passes a game, pretty much for Dieng at nearly seventy percent accuracy, whereas Camps at, at nine nine and a half long passes a game at sixty five percent accuracy. I mean, we know why you know it looks to hit Duke pretty early and, yeah. and pretty quickly. Um, but it's different ways of playing, but yeah, I think it's the, the short passing really that kind of that gives it away. There, fifteen short passes a game compared to Lee Camp's four, um, and it kind of definitely shows that much, much uh, more confident in in possession and having the ball and playing out from the back. Right. The uh, the long passing accuracy as well sort of um, strikes me that fewer fewer long passes per game uh, for Dieng, but a higher percentage. Um, so you, you, I think he's uh, obviously playing less long passes, but the, there's some accuracy there as well. So 
that that Sounds probably creep most up of our uh, midfielders, isn't it? <laughs> with long passing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thinking of of Dieng maybe targeting Duke uh, when he can mix it up a bit next season if he was in goal, then that percentage would probably creep up as well because you you tend to hit you hit your man when it's Dukey. Tends to get onto a lot of things, doesn't he? So yeah, I was going to say, doesn't doesn't miss a lot, does he? No. Up top there. So uh, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a great point. You know, it's it, it's good that you know. If, we, if that's the kind of style that we're looking to play next season or move towards over the next couple of years in terms of playing out from the back and being more possession orientated, that's great. He's clearly got those abilities. But yeah, equally to have that ability to to go long when necessary and be accurate with it is, is yeah, a definite string to the bow there. So Dieng looks quite positive if he was to to go in. That's someone that, as well that fits the Blues model of maybe developing and, and having a resale value if that if that came to or the, the model that we think that they're looking at at the moment yeah. um, moving on from him squad depth for next season <laughs> or lack of <laughs> or lack of oh, yeah squad, squad shallow it's the opposite to depth <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. it's, not looking, it's not looking good it, is it it's not looking good at all but we, we always knew there would be a bit of a rebuild going on this this summer or what autumn as it will be by the time it actually happens, um, but yeah, there's the, the turn the player turnover this year is going to be really high, uh, especially if we lose a few key players um, along with along with Birmingham. So and it's obviously been uh, officially confirmed now that since I think since was it since the last pod, podcast that we did that uh, Mirabti is definitely going. Yes. Um, yeah. Piss off, Dong. <laughs> Not happy, yeah. not happy. <laughs> but, but I mean, I don't, it's again, we said before, we're not sure. I think more went on there. Um, yes, but I'm still not happy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, without him, looking at the squad, it looks quite empty. <laughs> so, but yeah, so where where would you, if you were going to start this summer slash autumn, the next transfer window, where would you start then? <laughs> I mean, what I, would be I your think priority? That... I think they're certainly starting it in in the right place. You know, keepers are, are certainly going to be a new keeper is is definitely going to be high on the list. You know, David Stockdale confirmed as leaving. You know, we're we're pretty sure that Lee Camp is not going to stay on after the end of the season. A couple of the youngster uh, youngsters have have left the club. Um, you know, not sure what's going to happen with with Ramos. Um, technically on loan, I think until the end of the year, and not really sure what's happening there so as it stands at the moment you know we think it's just Truman as, as the senior keeper so uh, you know just kind of touching on and, and backtracking a little bit to what you guys were saying at, at the start of the show in terms of you know the, the new kind of model with you know a team a recruitment team in place looking at, at targets and is that the right thing at this particular time um, yeah you know I, I think the, the kind of director of transfer model works in that way that the, the head coach or whoever's in charge will say, you know, I'm looking at this type, this type of player or these certain positions. The recruitment team will go away and find some options and then put them to the to the the manager, and he kind of has the final say on it a lot of the time. So, and although obviously we haven't got anyone in place for for next season at this time, it's I think it's positive that we're already making some moves towards those areas that that we need to strengthen. So yeah, keeper first off. Um, Looking at your uh, looking at your graphic there, I'd say that left wing is probably a, a, a decent priority as well. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think wing, the wingers in general, you know, I think you, you would say Jeremy Bello is probably the only sort of traditional out-and-out winger that the club yeah. probably has. You know, Crowley and, and Bailey have played on, on that right side um, at this season and, you know, the, the left side as well at times. But I don't think you'd describe either of them as sort of traditional wingers. No. Um, Magoma and Montero obviously left the club, question marks over, over Fran. Whether he'll re- return from Spain, he's got a, a clause in that loan deal that means that uh, make it permanent. That yeah. Almeria, Almeria could could yeah. sign him permanently, and again, not a traditional winger. So, yeah, some kind of I think one, if not two, two wide players would be um, another area to look at. Centre back, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, again, a, a couple. Clark Salter been fantastic this year but you know what are the chances really that we'll, we'll get him back again next year um it's a good and then question that, that. um I'm going, to, I'm going to interject very quickly on the on the jace on a i always call him jcs um because i a lot of people have said that um you know he'll go back to chelsea and you know he might he might go out on loan again to somewhere further at the league but i'm under the impression that he might actually be available to to buy and it depends. Obviously, it depends a, a lot on how much money we have to spend yeah. because um, he's not going to be cheap. But I don't think he's going to be as expensive as most people um, claim to believe. Now, I have heard from, and if this is, I mean, I've heard that the fee they're Chelsea are looking for is five million, and I don't think that is a lot of money to pay for someone of his potential and quality. That you know could some in. At two years' time or a year's time could actually be worth double or triple that. Yeah, but have we got it? Have we got it? <laughs> this is one of the big questions and part of the reason why I think Pep might have decided to just sack everything off because the funds might not be there despite the fact we could end up selling three players for about 50 million in the uh, in the next window. Um, but you just don't know what's happening with, it, and then, with the money. And then where does that money go? Does that get reinvested or does that well, some of it needs to be reinvested. Yeah, we're going off a bit of a tangent here, but yeah. you know, if we're making a, a profit on, and the argument, the sort of story seems to be that we make a profit on Fran, on Jimenez, we're going to make a profit on Sunjic, Pedersen, for example, and obviously Bellingham brings in all that money. It's how we reinvest it. Yeah. You know, if, if we're going to spend two and a half million pounds on another left back and sell him for ten million in two years, actually, that's that's a good investment. Like, you know, so yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, I think with regards to the centre backs, um, I'll, I'll let you carry on, Ben. But I, I mean, from, can, I, from can me... I just can I just put in as well with uh, no, with no, Clark no, no. <laughs> with with Clark Salter. Don't forget, if there is another loan available, Tor Andre Flo is the loan manager at Chelsea, and he's a, and he's a Birmingham fan. fan. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which people forget he's a Birmingham yeah. fan, don't they? Yeah. So go on, Tor. Sort us out. Um, yeah, help help us out. But you know, our record of loaning their players is not been great in terms of how much exposure you would given them given them you know we had a problem with Boga. J uh Clark Salter hasn't had what's he played, I don't know, fifteen, twenty games maybe at, at most and then you might be able to tell me that off the top of your head. Uh yeah, eighty eighteen appearances this 18. season. Um, and he's obviously had a bit of a shoulder problem as well that I think he has to have an operation on it in the uh, in the off season. So, fair play to him because early on in the season, or especially after that uh, pre-season friendly, didn't look good yeah, at all. Brighton, that was yeah. 
horrific, wasn't it? Yeah. But once he uh, once he got that opportunity, he was one of the better players, wasn't he? So because we've got obviously got Pedrani uh, and um, Mitch Roberts coming up as well. Mitch Roberts obviously fairly um, highly rated, and there was a couple of other clubs looking to try and get hot, get him. Um, Celtic, I think, one of them. Is that right? I don't know if I imagine that. Um, centre back is definitely an area we need to target. I think you mentioned somebody in one of your breakdowns the other day as well, didn't you? Was it a Croatian or? Yeah, so I, I, I think whatever happens with with Clark Salter, I think you know if we could, if we could sign him permanently, I think that would be you know the ideal. He's he's the type of player that I think we we want at the club. He's good age, like you say, he's going to have potential good re, um, good resale value. Um, good on the ball, can bring the ball out of defence as well, which I think is vitally important if we want to try and move this team, this club forward as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think, yeah, if, if the price was, was too high or there's there's not any chance of him coming back, I uh, suggested a, a couple of players that uh, have performed very similarly this year. So there's um, a 21-year-old Dutch um, defender, left-footed, um, called Mats Noster from uh, Heracles in Holland. Um, he's got a, a year left on his contract at the moment. Um, just kind of reading around him, he was a... PSV uh, Academy graduate only joined um, Heracles a year and a half ago, January 2019. He joined, um, yeah, good, good, tall uh, defender, really good on the ball, um, excellent in the air, um, very, very good passing um, stats as well. So uh, I think you know he he's somebody that could be a cheaper option towards Clark Salter, mainly because he doesn't have the the kind of English inflated price on him. And left foot, um, left footed as well, which is a, left footed, yeah, um, yes. absolutely, yeah. Same as as Clark Salter, you know, we've played right footers um, in that position for for quite some time now. I mean, I, I don't. You could speculate, but I mean, I think I said that he'd probably be available for less than two million, um, which could, like I say, present a a slightly cheaper option and to him. Um, and then talking about right footers playing it on the left side um, is the second option that I put forward, a guy called uh, Jozo Simonovic, um, who has just been released from Celtic, uh, 25-year-old Croatian, um, is a right footer, but has played um, equally both sides, right and left, and, and, and is comfortable um, playing that side. Again, brilliant passing stats up in Scotland this year. Um, he's, uh, his def- aerial duel wins... 72% of his aerial jewels, which is just ridiculous. Um, and actually, he's got um, quite a decent uh, a number of progressive runs, so bringing the ball out from the back and moving through midfield and moving the team up that way instead of just playing the ball forward. Um, so, so, yeah, so moving been... on from him. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the, what's the story there with him? Uh... It sounds too good to be true. Did you make, <laughs> make this guy up then? Real? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what, what's, what's happened up there, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think he's played a great deal um, over, the, over the last year, but he's got, he's got Champions League experience. Um, you know, he's got experience of, of winning trophies. So, and again, he, he's now a free agent, so I mean, absolutely zero transfer cost there. His wages are not going to be astronomical at all. Um, so yeah, I'm not entirely sure what what the reasons were behind him in leaving Celtic, but could could be another decent option and a cheap option um, in a in a similar mould to to JCS. Yeah, it's interesting with that. It obviously came from 
uh, Dinamo Zagreb before he played for uh, Celtic as well. So, yeah, he's certainly. Um, I like I like I like the sound of both of those. To be fair, I don't know a lot about either of them. Um, my football manager days are, uh, are long gone. Uh, I don't have time for that with three young children. Otherwise, I probably know about half of these players. Um, interesting. Um, really, really interesting. But that that is just defence and the goalkeeper. What else have we got to look forward? <laughs> so yeah, we've we've, we've we've we've, we've, we've touched on, on on the wingers. Um, I mean, I've not really done too much too much looking into that because it it's one of those areas that, depending on who the the head coach or manager is going to be, may look to change a system where you know we possibly we don't play with wide men yeah. or Can we play with a different 10s. sort. Of, yeah, we play with a different sort of of wide man. You know, Lee Bowyer prefers that sort of four four two diamond with a a fairly compact midfield. So, um, yeah, I've I've not kind of done too much looking in, into that at this stage, just because it's difficult to to kind of predict what what sort of players they might be looking for. And then that brings you to the the strikers um, with one at the moment. Cur- yeah, currently <laughs> currently Duke and potentially if if. Cadiz don't sign him, Jimenez. Um, yeah, I mean, that's about, again, that was recently. Um, in fact, he scored earlier on in the week. He, it was, I think they, I don't know, I think they won 2 1, or maybe drew 1 all, but he scored his first goal for them in about four or five games. Um, the, I think the, the plan is for certainly the way it's been worded in the, the statement was that he will join them permanently at the end of the season. So um, I think we can expect him to go so yeah we are left with Duke um, obviously we've got Fernandez and Reed, but they've obviously got no first team experience yet but we've not got yet, not yet but he's in the squad now isn't he Fernandez that's it yeah, yeah. Squad um, which I think he'll probably be on the bench on Saturday because we'll go that later <laughs> because but we've we got, need I don't think we've got enough players <laughs> yet to be nine players and I think we're going to struggle again Chris you might be able to get a game if you like these days. Um, with, um yeah, I mean, the, the spoke, allegedly, depending on who you believe, who you speak to, we should have a, a an option on Hogan, which is around allegedly around three, three and a half million. Yeah. So you'd now, want on that on that option. A lot of people, you. sorry, mate, just to put in, a, a lot of people have sort of said with that option that it seems too good to be true. But you've got to look at it from Villa's point of view when they loaned him out. If they'd have thought that they were going to get three million for him for what they've had, they'd have been buzzing. And, yeah, but he's gone off and he's smashed it, and it's like three million. If that's yeah, all we'll agreed and it's in place. You know, if it's agreed and it's yeah. in place, and you know, we, I'm surprised actually we didn't trigger the option um, when we extended, extended the loan. Yeah, but you know, there might be reasons behind that. It could be something of insurances. It yeah. could be they could be waiting for you know the sales of other players before they before they go ahead and do that. Um, for me, he's got to come back. I know there's a lot of people that weren't. I mean, and I can understand what weren't keen on signing him A because he came from Villa and B because he'd had such a bad run of form. But all he had to do was to get a run of games again. And we've spoken about it on previous podcasts. Just, and just run out there and, and run does what <laughs> Yeah, this is it. Like, and he's and he scores. Like, I think I, you might know this one, Ben, but his conversion rate from shots to goal is pretty good for Blues, isn't it? I think it's certainly it's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, Frantic, I'm pretty sure. As well. <laughs> I think his first six goals all came from his only shots in the game. Um, and what's he on now? Nine or something? I can't remember. It's been that long. 
Is he on? What's he on now? Is he on nine goals for us? Uh, he's Eight on goals. seven goals. Seven goals. So I, I think it's fair. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> mate. It's been a long time. It's three months since we actually played a fucking game, a proper game of football. Um, um, yeah, I was surprised to even remember half the players. But um, yeah, at one point he had scored with every shot that he had. I don't know if it's five or six games in, um, but his conversion rate for us is. Is immense, really. Yes, set seven goals from 21, 21 shots for us this season. So I mean, what every one goal every three yeah. shots? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So all those shots must have come in the last two games, or or I just made that up on the spot. I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I read it somewhere. Obviously, didn't look into it. Earlier. But you are very quick at searching stats, which is brilliant, Ben. You should you're definitely going on more often. <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, I I, th- I think if there is some kind of some kind of option and it's around that sort of price it's it's an absolute no-brainer to um to get him back at the club um i mean not even just to to boost the numbers up front yeah. i mean his, his record at the moment is 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 brilliant um you know he's formed a great partnership with with duke up top um you know kind of that replacement for for che um from last year um yeah i mean i think if if, if he does come back i think the clubs should still look at adding Another um, striker, uh, what I call a sort of senior striker, um, and I would be looking. You know, you'd hope that the club would potentially look for somebody that would have the potential to play up top on their own, um, mm-hmm. just to give us something a little bit different. You know, we've we've seen that that Duke struggles with that. Yeah. You know, he needs he needs somebody to play up top with him or around him. I'm not entirely sure that, that Hogan is the best option to, to do that either. He struggled in. In that Stoke side earlier on in the year, playing up front on his own, I think mean, his record of shots in for Stoke was appalling. Um, just he looking played... there, he's, he, oh, sorry, he, he went. I think he went. Uh, just looking here, he, he played about seven games for Stoke earlier on the year and not even had a single shot in the game. He, I think half the problem is because he played. He, he used to play as he wasn't a lone striker as such because they played like a four-three-three at Brentford, didn't they? And they played two sort of inverted. Uh, wingers with him, and then he yeah. played at the tip of those those three, and he did pretty well in that respect. But again, it's an absolutely different brand of football to the brand of football that we were playing, and obviously Stoke were, were playing as well. So you're going to be more effective in certain certain systems. I think this is the first time he's. I think he said he's played in a two up front since he played non-league, um, and you know he's his again it, the way he's performed for us has been been brilliant considering he hadn't really played as properly as a two prior to that so you're right we definitely need someone that can play as a as like a, a more of a, t- a target man in like a sort of four two three one or something along those lines because we need to be able to to mix it up as you quite quite rightly say yeah i mean i don't i don't think we've had a somebody since sort of clayton donaldson who, who played that role so well under under gary rowett you know he had you know towards the start of his boost career, the pace to, to kind of stretch defences, but, you know, held the ball up well at, at times as well and, and, and kind of did it all. So, yeah, I think somebody in, in that sort of mould to, to kind of add in as well. And then you've kind of got a, a pretty all-round strike force or beginning to. Just to, to finish off with this then, how many players do you reckon that we need to, to add? So if, we're, uh, if we're assuming that Bellingham's going, because most of us are... They're, Probably under that impression. Yeah. Um, how many do you reckon that we need to to add? Uh, minimum seven. 
yeah. yeah. See, I'm I'm thinking nine or ten. Yeah, min- minimum seven somewhere. Yeah, around the t- around double figures. Yeah, I've got so, ten. Um, I based that on maybe uh, Sunjic and Pedersen going as well. And you know, I mean, if we lose Bellingham, Sunjic, I mean, you're looking probably for another centre midfielder there, at the very least. You mentioned wingers. We, we touched on that. We don't know what formation we're going to play. Um, you would like to think we'd probably still bring at least one, potentially two, but ones that can play either side. Uh, on, on either wing, um, it's really it's really, without knowing what formation we want to move into next season because I don't I don't foresee a stick on the four four two. I don't know about you guys, but I feel uh, like as, if we under someone up, hardly as anyone said plays earlier, As Ben said earlier, let's see what manager comes in first, and then we can probably yeah. take it from there, can't we? Yeah, I'd like you said, I'd say ten players. Yeah. Okay, Ben, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we can play a tune now, and then we'll be back after this.
Now, you might have seen earlier on on Twitter that we've done a little poll um, asking you which your most disappointing Blues player was in terms of how disappointed you were by their signing and subsequent appearances or lack of. Um, the four so players that we put on there, that is not... Um, which will, will explain this shortly. Yeah. So... Essentially, what we've decided to do is have a little game of top trumps and discuss some of the, the, the most disappointing players or bottom Signings, trumps. Yeah. Bottom <laughs> trumps, yeah, blues, bus, flops, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, so if you want to, if you want to suggest a name, please feel free to pop one over, um, both for the name of the feature and for the and for names yeah. of players to to whack onto the list uh, but we do have week, an extensive list of players don't we, we? Have, I, don't, I don't know how many i sent across to you earlier lots. but it was quite a I lot thought some of them were a bit harsh as well you know marginal nah. <laughs> marginal maybe um but yeah i've this week i've taken daniel de Ritter that was voted top and you're having mr vine yeah, Rowan Vine, yeah. Rowan so the Vine. other two players on there, so we'll give them an honourable mention, and they will be back in the draw for uh, for for future. Um, were Eddie Newton and Marcus Bent, obviously. Yeah. Um, won't go into them too much at the moment because we might we discuss them at a later date. But oh yeah, because yeah. they didn't win. So <laughs> they, they did not win. So yeah, we've got um, Daniel Derrida and I've got Rowan Vine. So where do we where do you want to start with this one? Because this is kind of like off the cuff a little bit, isn't it? So. Oh, just had a just quick message that's come in as well. Um, said that we should do a starting eleven of disappointment, disappointing signings for Blues. That'd be a good read. So, what we're doing now with these bottom trumps are essentially could essentially yes. work their way into a most disappointing eleven. So yeah, we could probably create four teams out of the list that I made earlier on. So <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, so there there yeah. is a long list. Um, right. Okay. So, have you got your details up for in my head in my head in your just, head just remember the, the, the good old days okay so, so, you, so daniel derrida what do you remember about him because signed. i remember he, he signed and it, we we're all buzzing thinking that he was the next big thing and that he was well he was he, he was one of those ones that he had a great under uh, he played in the euros and the under 21s um I played really well. I think the summer before um, looked fantastic on YouTube. He was he was on the free, wasn't he? It looked, it looked fantastic in general. He was a looker and he had lovely lad, lovely hair. Um, but he's your player, so I'm going to let you carry on with that one. But yeah, go. Okay, so he had 10 Premier League appearances. Partially, I reckon, because Alex McLeish didn't like flair players. And he was he was a bit soft and that was pretty much flaring. why he got released in the end yeah. because he didn't fit Birmingham's style of play. Yeah. Um, um, he had one assist. Do you remember who the assist was against? No, Tottenham. Villa. Was it Villa? Yeah, yeah. We lost two one at home. No, no, I don't. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, like you say, one assist. Didn't he had a uh, five hundred and seventy-eight minutes in the Premier League? Um, just he had one barnstorming game um, where him and Olivier Capo played really well against Wigan when we won. I think we won three two. Uh, 
both of those played exceptionally well in that game. But other than that, it just it just wasn't to be. And then no. your uh, your signing. So Rowan Vine was mine. Um, obviously, Daniel Drew came in on a free. Um, yes, we were in the Premier League at the time, so he may have come on in on some some pretty tasty wages. We're not 100% sure on that. Uh, Rowan Vine we signed from Luton, who at the time, I think, were in the Championship, sort of languishing towards the bottom. He'd scored about um, 14, 15 goals for them in, I don't know, it was sort of like 30 games or something. Um, and we paid two and a half million pounds up front for him, and then I think there was another five hundred thousand on top if we got promoted, which that season we did. Uh, we had injuries at the time to Cameron Jerome, Mikel Forsell, and Nicholas Bentner had all gone through sort of various had various injury problems. So he was, um, he, he was you know we needed him at the time. Unfortunately, I don't think he. I don't know if he, how many games he played up front because um, I remember him playing on the wing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he only scored one goal, but that one goal was really, really important. And we were playing Derby. Um, I think we were second and they were third in the championship at the time. And that put daylight between um, us and them. So, you know, from that, in that respect, you know, he. It's worth the money. That was a really, it was a really important <laughs> goal, and obviously with the the fact we got promoted, and you know, it was, it was however much it was worth at that time, sixty million, sixty five million for promotion to, to the Premier League. Yeah. But it was just so disappointing in terms of like we expected him to in a he played Dang a Luton team that was bad in the champion in the championship. We were playing all right, you know, we played some fairly decent football. We probably should have won the league that that season. We kind of I think we ended up. Um, flopping in that last game against Preston where we lost 1-0 and ended up going up um, second place but he should I mean, he, absolutely we bought him to score goals and he scored one okay that one goal was vital but we paid if you think now like that paying 3 million for someone that was doing that in a championship that was quite a lot of money what uh, we're talking 13 years ago are we now I think so that was a long time ago Chris that's quite Yep. it wasn't um, that time ago <laughs> so the hype around the signing do you remember the hype around either of the signings I, I vaguely remember we chased Vine for a few weeks he even scored against us uh, I'm sure it was, was on TV we, we draw two all with Luton and he scored a goal for them yeah, a few weeks so. later we ended, we ended up signing him there was a bit of hype around it then because I'm pretty sure they they were asking about him um, post game. Yeah. And Derrida, and again, Derrida, um, I don't remember too much other than when he did sign, everyone got quite excited around it. Yeah, it's the YouTube videos, wasn't it? it was yeah, it was the YouTube videos. Any, yeah, player, any, the... any player back then that had a YouTube video with highlights, you thought they were good. <laughs> <laughs> Still do occasionally. It's quite easy <laughs> to be manipulated by some YouTube oh, highlights. Not, man, not many people had them back then. Whereas now, it's like everyone has them. I could go out there and put a YouTube video that makes me look good. But yeah, we'll send that <laughs> well, to Dong that, because well, yeah. you know, we've already <laughs> spoken about that, that. That might be a push, to be fair. Um, um, so Derrida. So the two, I think there's obviously two things to look at here as well as when um, when McLeish came in. 
after we'd been promoted, um, McLeish had, had told Rowan Vine pretty much, I've never seen you play, you're not in my plans. Um, pretty, pretty upfront about it. He was on loan to QPR at the time. And then we ended up selling him to QPR for, for one million. So made a bit of a loss on that. And we cancelled Gavidda's contract, didn't we, as well? Yeah. And then the next day signed for Wigan, I think. I thought half of our players end up going to Wigan in that in in that short period. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. What what order it happened? I know he did go to Wigan. I'm pretty sure it was like, yeah. a, it was like a couple of days later. Yeah. But, um, neither of them really went on to do very much um, after that. The Derrida's obviously had uh, problems with his ankles. Um, he did. He got injured on his first game for us, didn't he, against Chelsea? He ended up going off injured. Oh, he's got better memory than me, mate, if you remember that. Um, I'm sure his first game ended up going injured. But again, didn't really play very many games after he left us. He ended up going to Wigan, went to somewhere in Greece or something as well. I'm going to Google that because I might have just made it up. Wow. And the phone's not working. Let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's, just, let's just quickly sort of move on. How are we going to decide who, who gets to go? You, do you want to choose the stats? Um, that we go with for the bottom trunks <laughs> or do you want me I to choose it I chose the player yeah I'm trying to weigh it up because obviously we didn't pay anything for Derrida but we paid 3 million for the fine but you also scored a very important goal that took us up 12 games yeah. including cup games so is that what Derrida played yeah value for money and I think Vine played 17 games including cup games and he scored that goal. Scored one goal yeah but he scored the important goal he scored the important goal, so yeah. do we? I think does that levy think, him for being think, the flop? No, I think I think Derrida's the flop. Derrida's the flop. Yeah. And to be fair, Rowan Vine did go on and play for Hartley, Whitney, and score nine goals in fifteen games. Had for them. a banging uh, career two <laughs> years ago. Yeah, <laughs> in the Southern League Premier Division South. So, so Derrida is on the list. I think Derrida goes on the list. Yeah, I think Derrida goes to the. Uh, the flops eleven or the blues bust the or trumps. whatever we're we will the try and trumps. we will try and develop this into some way of actually bottom trumping. But yeah, it's very difficult when we've got players who played separate positions as well. I think yeah. so. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's got any ideas, just send send stuff in to us. Send them over. But yeah, Derrida is the uh, Derrida is the first name on there. Now it's quickly. Uh, hang on, let's do a. Looking forward, football's back Saturday. Football is back, yeah. It's a complete um, unknown again because it we've been away for fucking months. They're not in well, any form. We're not form in any form. We play fitness, Wolves. Yeah. Based on the games we watched last night in the Premier League, those look like training games. Um, nobody we didn't, we didn't really feel full full throttle. It it was just quite slow paced and. You could tell players weren't match fit. Very much expect that to happen on Saturday. Yep. Um, I don't. Ho- I honestly don't hold out much hope. Um, now there's talk of a couple of players that are, have got knocks, um, potential knocks. Uh, I think Sunjic is one of them. I think Sunjic is one. Yeah. Um, um, also looking at the the Wolves game, it, uh, Bella came on sort of late on. Oh, yeah. No, well, half. Was it half time? No, second half, wasn't it? Second half. Um, yeah. Potentially could be those two. Potentially Bella that's uh, 
Yeah. Not sure um, who they came on for because they obviously could have knocks as well. But um, I was going to say the team kind of picks itself, but Dong picks the team. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what yeah, comes it's, we're, we're pretty much, we kind of, there's not a lot of players to choose from. The most interesting thing is to me what the bench looks like because we now get nine subs. We get to use five of them in three phases of the game. And I think we're going to see a handful of youngsters, which... Um, Maybe we, won't, we probably won't see them against play them uh, against West Brom, but as we get through playing Hull and Huddersfield, which we'll obviously get to in the next week and the week after, um, we'll probably see some of these youngsters um, get blooded and play um, a little bit more. So yep. what, and what was it me? That wasn't me fighting, by the way. That was my table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of table. That was a bottom trump. Yes, me speaking this again, basically. So, <laughs> um, so um, quickly. A little uh, prediction because predictions are back. I'm gonna predictions are back. I'm gonna say nil nil, and I'm going to say four one baggies. Unfortunately, crikey! I know, mate. I'm I'm I worried. Was, I'm worried. I was, I was feeling like averagely, positively average, and now you've really put a downer on the rest of my night. Sorry. No, I think it might go one-one actually. I don't. I can't. I think it's going to be a draw. Um, I think go for two-two at least. But <laughs> four-four-one baggies. That's um, yeah. yeah right, I'm, not, I'm ready for it. Not confident. So no. brace. All right. Three p.m. Well, kickoff as well. Yep. That we've that first, that the first the one. first ever three p.m. kickoff on Sky Sports on a Saturday. Have a bit of that. Yes. Record breaking. So enjoy the game. Obviously, there's no safe journey or whatever because. Don't go. <laughs> don't don't Watch go. Don't go and sit outside the ground under a under yeah. a gazebo like some idiots did yesterday for them down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Looked a bit mental, um, but yeah, uh, enjoy the game. Hopefully, <laughs> anyway, and um, yeah, we'll see so you wherever you're watching it. Sky or Blues TV. That's at home. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, enjoy. Uh, yeah, but. Have a good weekend, enjoy the football, and we'll see you next time. Until next time, keep right on. Keep right on.